Hello, and welcome back to the Power of Planning podcast. This month, I want to focus on retirement benefits planning for a couple of key reasons. First of all, many individuals have as part of their asset portfolios some form of retirement funds. They may be in the form of an IRA, Roth or traditional account. They may be a 401k or SEP IRA or 403b or pension plan. The second key reason why I wanted to do a deep dive into this particular topic this month is because at the end of 2022, there was some significant retirement benefits legislation that was passed. But before I get into the details of that new legislation, I want to take you back a few years to December 20th of 2019, which is when President Trump signed into law the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act, or SECURE Act, which had bipartisan support in both houses of Congress. The act implemented major changes concerning retirement accounts, and it included several key provisions designed to assist workers in enhancing their retirement savings. For example, it raised the age for beginning required minimum distributions, or RMDs, to age 72 from age 70 and a half. And it also allowed for all IRAs, traditional or Roth, to be funded at any age, provided the taxpayer had earned income, which helped older workers who wanted to save while reducing their taxable income. Previously, only Roth IRAs could be funded after age 70 and a half. It also allowed expanded penalty-free distributions for account owners and it permitted more qualified retirement plans to offer annuity payout options. One of the most significant changes made by the SECURE Act for estate planning purposes was the elimination of the stretch provisions for most non-spouse beneficiaries of retirement accounts. For more than 30 years before the passage of the SECURE Act, designated beneficiaries, generally living human beings, and certain qualifying or see-through trusts on retirement accounts were eligible to stretch required minimum distributions or RMDs over their life expectancy, or in the case of a qualifying trust, over the oldest applicable trust beneficiary's life expectancy potentially receiving decades of income tax-free or tax-deferred compounding. For example, a child who inherited a parent's IRA at age 40 could withdraw the benefits gradually over 43.6 years based on the Treasury regulations life expectancy tables before the passage of the SECURE Act. And even more striking, a grandchild or great-grandchild inheriting an IRA could take out the benefits for potentially as long as 80 years before the SECURE Act came along. But the new standard set by the SECURE Act is the 10-year rule. And under the 10-year rule, the entire inherited retirement account must be distributed by the end of the 10th year following the death of the account owner. 
Now, there are certain exceptions to that 10-year rule for those who are what they call eligible designated beneficiaries. And those are the surviving spouse of the account owner. The spouse still has the option to roll over the inherited IRA benefits to his or her own IRA or elect to treat it as his or her own IRA. Disabled or chronically ill persons, as the Internal Revenue Code defines, and since the passage of the SECURE Act, it has since been clarified that that includes special needs trust for a chronically ill or disabled individual. So if you name a special needs trust as the beneficiary of a retirement account, then those required minimum distributions can be made over the lifetime of the disabled beneficiary instead of within that shorter 10-year period of time. Individuals who are not more than 10 years younger than the account owner, such as the account owner's siblings, also still have the ability to do a lifetime stretch. And minor children of the account owner, not grandchildren, but just children, until they reach the age of majority, which has been clarified over the past couple of years to be the age of 21. Once the minor attains the age of majority, the 10-year payout period will apply. So those were some of the key provisions that changed the face of retirement benefits planning starting in 2020. Now let's fast forward to December 29th, 2022. That's when President Biden signed the Secure 2.0 Act of 2022, which is referred to as Secure 2.0. And it provides increased options for retirement planning and ultimately increases the retirement savings for individuals nationwide. It was also a bipartisan retirement bill that is really designed to continue the tax and policy reforms of the SECURE Act. In fact, it implements over 100 tax and policy reform provisions designed to expand retirement savings. And I want to focus on some of those today and discuss the interplay between those provisions and estate planning considerations as well. One of the key things that Secure 2.0 is doing is it is increasing the required minimum distribution age beginning this year. So as I mentioned, the SECURE Act that was enacted and became legislation in 2020, that increased the age from 70 and a half to 72. Now SECURE 2.0 has increased that age to 73 starting January 1st of this year, and then age 75 starting January 1st of 2033. So by delaying the start date for those required minimum distributions, it's allowing retirement account owners additional time to save those funds and hopefully have growth on those funds. Another key change is the fact that it allows for catch-up contributions. Individuals who are age 50 and older are permitted to make an additional catch-up contribution. And during 2023, the catch-up contribution for retirement plan participants over age 50 is $7,500. 
Starting in 2025, individuals who are 60, 61, 62, or 63 will be permitted to make a larger catch-up contribution to 401k, 403b, or 457 plans. And the new amount will be the greater of $10,000 or 150% of the catch-up limit for that year. Secure 2.0 is also now exempting 401k plans from RMDs. The Roth IRA is currently exempted from distributions, even if the owner has reached the normal required minimum distribution age. That's because the funds that were contributed to a Roth account are after-tax dollars instead of pre-tax dollars. Well, starting in 2024, Roth 401k plans will also be exempted from RMDs. With no required distributions, Roth IRA and 401k plans will be permitted to increase in value during the lifetime of the account owner. Another key provision that Secure 2.0 has brought about is that the required minimum distribution penalty has been reduced. The existing penalty for failing to take a required minimum distribution pre-Secure 2.0 was 50%. Starting this year, this penalty will be reduced to 25%. So if the plan participant corrects the failure in a timely manner, the excise tax on the penalty is further reduced to 10%. Another key change is the interplay between 529 plans and Roth IRAs. So many of my clients have established 529 accounts for their children or their grandchildren. And those are tax savings vehicles where you can contribute money and allow that money to grow tax-free for qualified educational expenses of the beneficiary that you designate on the account. If you have your child or grandchild complete their education and there are funds left over in that account, if you spend those funds for something other than those qualified educational expenses, there are penalties and there are taxes that you have to pay. Secure 2.0 is allowing you now to take those funds from a 529 account that's existed for 15 years and is no longer needed because the beneficiary has completed their education, then you can take up to $35,000 of that 529 plan and roll it over into a Roth IRA for the benefit of that individual. So that really allows you to kind of jumpstart for your child or your grandchild a retirement benefit savings account um, with the funds that they did not need for purposes of their educational expenses. Another change has been allowing and making clear that a beneficiary, being a charitable beneficiary, can be named as a remainder beneficiary on a special needs trust. So as I mentioned a little bit ago, 
when you establish a special needs trust for a chronically ill or disabled individual and you name that special needs trust as the beneficiary on a retirement account, that particular trust then can be permitted to stretch out those retirement benefits with regard to those required minimum distributions over the lifetime of the disabled individual. There was some uncertainty as to whether that would in fact be the case if you have a provision in your trust that says upon the death of that disabled individual, then this charity receives the balance of the special needs trust. Well, Secure 2.0 has made that clear. Individuals with a disability or chronic illness may take those RARA distributions over their life expectancy rather than the 10 years, just like SECURE had said originally. But SECURE 2.0 also states that if a qualified charity is the remainder beneficiary in a special needs trust, the life expectancy stretch is still permitted. So they're going to allow the life stretch and allow for you to designate a charity as the ultimate beneficiary of those special needs trust funds and still um, give you the tax savings benefits as well. Another change that 2.0, Secure 2.0 has brought about that benefits the special needs community is that it expands the age eligibility for ABLE accounts. You may recall I spoke about ABLE accounts in the October episode of this podcast, and those ABLE accounts, that stands for Achieving a Better Life Experience account. And that ABLE Act was really designed to have the equivalent of a 529 account for a disabled individual. And it's designed to not only pay for qualified educational expenses of the disabled individual, but qualified disability expenses for the disabled individual. And that would include transportation expenses and medical expenses and housing expenses. So a whole host of things. What Secure 2.0 has clarified is that ABLE accounts are tax-advantaged accounts for disabled individuals, and those ABLE accounts are not countable as income or resources for government benefits purposes. We talked about that in October. For purposes of government benefits eligibility, ABLE accounts are not countable assets and they're not countable income. Beginning in 2026, ABLE accounts will now be able to be established for individuals who became disabled before the age of 46. This is huge because right now, ABLE accounts are only permitted for those individuals whose disability occurred before age 26. So under current ABLE account laws, it's really just kind of benefiting those adult disabled children who were born with disabilities or acquired disabilities during their youth for this increased age to 46, it will now encompass those individuals who may have sustained an accident or became disabled later on in life. So that's going to be a big benefit for those individuals to be able to have those types of ABLE accounts as well. 
One thing that is unique about retirement accounts is with regard to the estate planning considerations for them. So because there are income tax considerations with these types of accounts, we have to treat them in a unique way when it comes to doing planning. And so for most individuals, for instance, you know, it's not as easy as funding a revocable trust with life insurance, death benefit, or with a cash account or a brokerage account. As I touched on last month when I spoke about funding revocable trusts, we have to have specific language in revocable trusts when we're talking about bringing in retirement accounts into those trusts. Now, of course, during your lifetime, the retirement accounts stay in your individual name. They do not become a part of the trust. That's why they're called individual retirement accounts. They have to be in your individual name. They do not become a part of the trust until your death. And then at that time, we have to have language in the trust that says that those benefits are carved out and held in a separate trust than the other benefits in order to maximize the income tax benefits that are being provided to you and your beneficiaries through the SECURE Act and now SECURE 2.0 and basically just allow for the stretch of those distributions as long as we possibly can as permitted by this legislation. And so it's very important that when you're designating beneficiaries on your retirement accounts, if you're naming individuals, then you know that if they're not your spouse, if they're not disabled, if they're not someone who's no greater than 10 years younger than you, um, if they're not a minor child, right, who's going to be under the age of 21 as far as the IRS is concerned, then they're going to be stuck with the 10-year rule. And of course, we never want to name a minor child as a beneficiary on an account that someone who's under the age of 18, because that's going to trigger guardianship considerations. But if you name a trust for a minor, someone who's under the age of 18, and certainly for purposes of retirement benefits planning under the age of 21, then they're going to be able to have a longer stretch. But for many of my clients who have children who are adults, you know, well into their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they just simply name the children as the primary or contingent beneficiaries on their retirement accounts. And they do that, of course, by completing the beneficiary designation forms where the accounts are held, whichever financial institution that may be. And so in those instances, unless the individual is chronically ill or disabled, they are going to have 10 years to take out those retirement funds and pay the tax on them. And if you're naming charities, then the charity, of course, does not have the same income tax considerations that other individuals do. And of course, Roth accounts do not present the same tax concerns that traditional or non-Roth accounts do. So there's lots of provisions here. One of the changes with regard to charitable contributions is that I spoke with regard to the December episode about qualified charitable distributions. And that's where individuals age 70 and a half or older 
are permitted to make distributions from their IRA directly to charity and avoid the recognition of that income for tax purposes. So Secure 2.0 says that the IRA charitable rollover or qualified distribution limit, the QCD limit, is $100,000 for 2023, and that will be indexed for inflation starting in 2024. The Secure 2.0 Act also expands that qualified charitable distribution by allowing a one-time transfer of up to $50,000 to a charitable remainder annuity trust, a standard charitable remainder unit trust, or immediate charitable gift annuity. And those charitable trusts I spoke about in more detail in the December episode of my podcast with my guest, Nicole Donaldson of the Central Florida Foundation. So I just wanted to stress that when you're doing your estate planning and you're incorporating your retirement benefits into your estate planning, there are particular unique considerations that need to be addressed. And as long as you're working with an attorney who's guiding you through that process and other financial advisor or CPA, I'm a big believer of having your team taking that team approach with your professional advisor, your CPA, your attorney, so that everybody's on the same page, making sure that you're developing a plan that's going to best serve you and your beneficiaries and taking into account all of the different considerations that may be presented depending on the type of assets that you own, in particular that of retirement benefits. This team approach is particularly invaluable since the SECURE Act changed the landscape for estate planning and financial planning and tax planning when Individuals have traditional IRAs or other retirement accounts that are going to present potentially income tax consequences. And so the team approach will really help benefit you from an alternative planning strategy standpoint. For instance, do you want to consider having additional life insurance in place to help pay the tax bill? Do you want to try to minimize the tax bill by having a charitable remainder trust? Do you want to try to start doing Roth conversions during your lifetime, particularly if you're in a lower tax bracket than the intended beneficiaries of the retirement funds? This enables you to pay some income tax during your lifetime so that Future distributions will not be subject to income tax under the 10-year rule since distributions from a Roth IRA are tax-free. So there's a number of planning strategies that can be employed that work with and complement the retirement benefits legislation that's been passed now in this past year and in 2019 to help ensure that you are leaving a legacy in the most tax-efficient manner for your beneficiaries. 
I hope you will join me again next month when I discuss asset protection planning. I know that so many of you have worked hard and scrimped and saved over many years to develop your nest egg. I'm going to talk about all the different ways that you can help ensure to protect your nest egg from any potential future creditors. Thank you and talk to you again soon.